So welcome to another episode of Everything Cool. Um, it started, does it? Yeah. Oh, okay. I've been recording for the last like three minutes. Oh, okay. I'm with it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh. <laughs> so I'm for the it just drop. be sudden, just like this. Yeah. So. <laughs> The tourists come over to chill on the beach But they don't come over the hill where we sleep We got nightmares and they got fantasies No sanity, it's just insanity My mommy hoping nothing happens to me It's been a while. Um, the last episode y'all love because we had uh, Jasmine Collins on, and we have another people, someone of my peer group, someone I feel like I've seen around for years. But I could brought this one introduce him. Um, please introduce yourself, sir. Well, by all means, it's PJ Fuego, P double E J A E F U E G O. Mm. I'm modern day Maya Angelou, dressing like Kanye West, but speaking like Malcolm X, everybody. Okay, okay, okay. So, PJ, I was saying, I was telling a friend earlier today, mm-hmm. I was like, because they was, they had um, told me that it was related to um, Whitney. Houston? I, no, oh. from Twitter, Dub oh, K. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was like, I didn't know them personally, but I was like, I know them from Twitter. I see. I've seen that Twitter handle a lot on Twitter over the years. Yeah. And I was like, like, and then she's like, really? And I was like, yeah, like, Bahamian Twitter is the bourgeoisie of Bahamian society. Mm. <laughs> I, mm, I wouldn't knock it because <laughs> I was like, I've been on Twitter since 2009, and I've Same. seen. So I'm like, I've seen the evolution of everybody who was there from the beginning become a young professional. Yeah, I, I feel as though yeah. like the Twitter community outside of what Facebook gave, uh-huh. um, it was more intimate. At the time when it came about, I remember being in COB and not many people had it. It was like yeah. maybe 15 of us, maybe 16 of us. I was in the Twam era. Yeah, <laughs> we had the Twam, gone on the yeah, days, yeah, but yeah. shout out to the Twam. Shout out to the original Twam. <laughs> and <laughs> it would be most of the folks from COB and then we'd see each other all day, then go to Twitter, then talk about the day, um, whatever was happening in pop culture. I remember there was a moment where we used to do a lot of live t- um, live tweeting during during the, the award shows. Yeah, the award shows, um, like sports, like let's say the Super Bowl yeah. or the NBA Finals. Um, what else? I think it, like was, live, it was live events because streaming wasn't too heavy yeah. around that time yet. And I remember, I think it was a Super Bowl that someone from Twitter, um, Bohemian Twitter, their tweet got recognized at like the Super Bowl or the Grammys. And okay. we were like, oh, we made it. The Bahamas, we made it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then all the CYC moments with the yep. different people. I remember the, the, <laughs> the, the lady who called us uh, that we were living in huts. Yeah. I remember that moment, Claire's day. <laughs> and then the woman who was t- stealing the coat of arms. Yes, 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 yes. yes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and even outside of the jokes, what I what I really yeah. I think what stands out to me for Twitter the most is when when Hurricane Dorian came about yeah, for sure. in a more prolific standpoint, how it was able uh, Twitter the platform was able to keep people up to date instantly, yeah. um, connect people with their families, being able to send help for people. Um, I remember I was working at a radio station. I won't mm. mention their name. And don't you on your own now? <laughs> <laughs> I I was working at a radio station as a producer Uh, and I came on the morning of, I think it was the morning after Dorian or while Dorian was happening. Um, And 
I remember we were getting calls out that like Buku called saying that they needed help. Nine one was down, all this different stuff. Um, and I remember going into it. I'm like, hey, how do we help? <laughs> like, what are the numbers to call? And Twitter was actually a good way to help so- a direct persons, even source persons as well too. Mm. Yeah, so it's always been there. Ooh, yeah, wow. Twitter, yeah. And we just grow with Twitter. I think Twitter, yeah. Twitter now has. Um, been infiltrated a bit gentrified from what we remember yeah. it to be yeah because it was really like you know having parties on the time like even before overdose had those yeah live streams um for the focus, pandemic parties they did like 10 years before that happened so like you know i remember dj impario um used to do stuff like that too shout out to impario yeah so you know so like i was saying before right. someone i've seen around <laughs> for years you know, you see people in past, and especially being um, in the creator space, whether it be media, art, music, and whatever we want to add to that. So all, all the in between, all the in between. So tell me your journey, because I feel like you used to go to SAC, correct? No, no. you never went to SAC. Oh, SAC, no. What, hold on, what high school you went to? I went to the Distinguished School of Choice, the St. John's College. Thank okay. You. I don't know why I feel like it was going to change it. <laughs> I handled a lot of SAC people. Okay, that's probably why. Okay. So you I, went, have, I have a few friends from SAC. Shout out to SAC. Okay, so you went to St. John's. Which So which, well, I don't want to say which year you graduated. So I mean, I don't I shame say so. All right. I, 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 I shame say so. I graduated 2009. Okay, I mean, around the same as I was 10. So it's like. Okay, like, okay. I thought you were going to kill me with like 13. I'm like, no, 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 no. okay. That's felt, my younger felt, brother. Oh, I felt yeah, my yeah, age yeah. with that one. So that's what I'm saying. When I, it's like when I joined Twitter, I was like. Grade 11? Grade 11? Yeah, grade, yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like around that scene, the blog era. Yeah, the, tum- the, t- the Tumblr era. Yeah, the Tumblr yeah, era. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, so um, like I went to CUB, now UB, I think, fall of 2010. I went for, I went fall 2009. I did three semesters at um, CUB at the time. Did that fall, the spring, and then fall 2010. And uh-huh. I and I didn't I didn't go back for spring twenty eleven. Until spring twenty eleven. No, I stopped in spring twenty eleven. Um I took that time to I was prepping to go off to school. I uh-huh. was working at insert hotel here and I was uh, making sure trying to get my money right, honestly. Uh-huh. Um I started my journey more so in media when I was at COB Mascom major. Um everyone, Oh, so you was in Mascom too? Yeah. Okay, okay. Everyone knows Mr. Z. Mr. Yeah, Z is my Mr. teacher. Z, yeah. Uh shout out to Mr. Z. I, I have the fondest memory of Mr. Z asking him for a reference letter and him telling me no. Why? Uh, <laughs> saying that <laughs> I, I laugh now because I'm like, oh, f-. but um, he's like, oh, I don't. I um, he's going in the reference of uh-huh. uh, he doesn't want to put his name behind me or whatever, and that's fine. And at the time, I would say I wasn't as passionate about the career at the time, okay. or even uh, seeing the the end goal of it. So it's like you know, it was kind of it kind of gave me that fuel to say, you know what, I'm going to prove you wrong. Okay. Um, so started out there, did radio there, actually. Started with radio production um, specifically. Did that for a hot little minute. And as I mentioned, I stopped COB spring spring 2011 uh-huh. to work full-time. Working at the hotel, I was I was real heavy in guest activities. So mm. we used to do a lot of hosting games on the pool, uh, hosting in the clubs that night. So I would say that's where my, I started to get that feel of, okay, uh, radio was cool. Like I like how that felt. So I like interacting with the crowd and going from there. Um, went off to school to Bethune Cookman University, did MassCom there, mm-hmm. um, graduated in my senior year. I was one of the journalists at our 
on-campus news station. Okay. So I got my foot in the door with news. Used to do a lot of heavy stuff in terms of being like my own everything. They used to call them multimedia journalists. Oh, they still do. Um, I mean, that's essentially what it is, huh? Yeah, because I'm like, I'm suit and tie, trying to get my own set. I'm trying to look like the anchor or yeah. like, you know, the big news reporter. But I'm uh, carrying around my tripod, bag of the, my, my Sony camera. Got to have my notes, too. So I'm like, and I'm walking off around campus and I'm trying to make it look easy. <laughs> like, you know, you have your heavy bags and you're going to um, a news story or press conference or anything like that. Mm. You would have like a little team. But I'm like, I was solo dolo. Um, and we did that for my senior semester. Once I graduated, I got into radio heavy with sports broadcasting, actually. I, Over there? In, uh, yeah, no, okay. in Almond Beach, Florida. Um, okay. I, I worked at a station called WELE 1380, The Cat, okay. where I did a lot of sports broadcasting. I used to have a show called What's Happening at BCU, um, where we... We in the daytime we do a lot of interviews with on campus like personnel. So you was the quote unquote social light. You know that I remember, remember that term so, social light. Like, social light. <laughs> yeah. um, my friends always thought I was um, popular. I guess I I wouldn't own it. I just uh, think that it was more so like I just felt as if I knew enough faces. If I didn't remember names, I at least knew enough faces. And if I didn't know, we could always get to know each other. Mm-hmm. Um, in that regard, but once dealing with that. Um, I wasn't a sports guy at all. I hated basketball. So why you chose? To- <laughs> it was the money. Like I don't even hold you. It was the foot in the door. It was. It was in the idea. Like I had nothing. I like listen. Nothing else bite in. This what's bite in. Okay. Okay. I, yeah, yeah. I'll always say don't. Don't you know how folks would do like that? Some people say just wing it. Like even if you went into it, like you could just think until you make fly. it. Yeah, yeah. I always say just let me research. Give me don't give me an impromptu show to talk about sports or talk about football because I'm like uh, googling it, stats. Is and it, googling? I'm like, is it touchdown or is it goal? Uh, let me make sure is it a three point throw? <laughs> a three point throw in this one here. <laughs> but that that was pretty interesting. Uh, interesting uh, little pocket of my life I, before I moved home. Um, prior to me moving home, I took a p- break from radio. Um, and I did a little bit, little bit of philanthropy. I volunteered at this serious fun camp um, okay. that catered towards chronically ill kids from like six from six years old to about sixteen. It was called Camp Boggy Creek, and I did that the summer before I moved home. That was in Eustis, Florida. And when you think of camp life, or uh, it's a little bit more glamping, but it does have that like rural feel of camping that. Um, Fishing, going out into nature, seeing wild bears, horseback riding, all the good stuff. It was cool. Um, it was something that I always wanted to do. Um, even before coming back home, tried to see how to being human. I always say you can get lost in yourself, get lost in your career. But I think the intentionality of giving back is something that you really would want to pride yourself in. And that was a little fun way of doing so. Um, it was super cool, actually. But I do it again. Maybe a different way, <laughs> but my entire summer on camp, like I'm talking, no cell phones. Like I mean, I would I would die for something like that right now, just to come off the grid. Yeah, it, I, and you know. it was each week you dealt with um, a different age group with different um, illness. So you had persons or children who had um, heart disease or heart surgeries, heart transplants, um, sickle cell, um, Jesus, cancer. Um, and it was just like for that week, kind of like their week to forget about everything, forget about the world, um, forget about what the world and the pressures that, that comes along with that. And it's, it's something about giving people joy in that facet. I think it's when you can see people for themselves, despite whatever's happening. I think that was something I really want to tap into. And it really showed me, I guess, how there there's still room to grow within myself too, mm-hmm. um, as a human being, as a, I guess, 
person, I guess, who wouldn't want to take anything for granted um, and just see how life can be so short or so can change so quickly for persons who six years old all the way up to my age and beyond, you know? Mm. So. So which which year was it when you finally... So I guess you did that when you was on OPT. Yes. So okay. I did that in OPT and did that my final year of OPT, actually. I said, let me go with a bang. Okay. <laughs> um, came out, um, that was in 20, the latter part of 2017. I officially, like, fully moved home in 2018. Okay. Um, closed up my apartment, said goodbye to my, like, my peace, my peace of mind, my humble abode. Uh-huh. <laughs> um and just, you know, I had this big fear of moving back home. and So does everybody. But yeah, no. Because I was, I was going to get to that next. So what I tell people, like, just looking back, because I moved back home late 2016. Okay. That was December 2016. So going into 2017 and 2018, Where, I felt like there was, like, this new entrepreneurial boom happening. Yeah. To where it was, like, this influx of knew everything. Mm-hmm. And this was like the time for like new expansive, like, you know, mainstay businesses that we have become accustomed with now, you know, started at that period of time. Yeah. Like, do you feel the same way? Or uh, actually also, how did it feel coming back home and seeing that there was a little bit of progression in certain fields and aspects? Um, Well, the first question I remember, mm-hmm. I was fearful of coming back home. My fear, and I remember telling my friends those before I left. I was in Daytona Beach, Florida. Uh. And I remember having this close-up party for my apartment. And I remember saying that I was fearful of losing my spark, or the spark that I started to garner in being away, being in the States, um, mm. kind of like that, that, that middle moment of... Becoming an adult in a different country, I think that's, that's so different because you then have that moment to blossom into so many pockets of yourself without... Parental guidance or parental influence or even this idea of thinking, oh, these are people who know you. You mm-hmm. know, type thing. You get to authentically become, grow, your become yourself. Self, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think for me, moving back home, I felt as though that I was coming back home to a close-minded or even a, a, a Bahamas that wasn't ready for who I was um, and who I... And what I was thinking, and my way of my my way of life, and how I presented myself, mm-hmm. um, what I wanted to do professionally, I felt as though it was more a lot of convincing. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I came back home, that was in 2017, um, to see the progression of where we were in different areas, I appreciated it. I really did. I think it was a lot of open mindedness now to let's say millennials. It was this mm. whole little back and forth. This was the 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 period of the work era, like, oh millennials just want to do X, Y, and Z. Or oh these millennials, <laughs> they don't care about work. Oh, they only stay uh, at jobs for this and and yeah. mind you all that can uh, be true. But yeah. <laughs> But now they weren't about Gen Z right now. Yeah. So, yeah. Like they get woo, that's <laughs> Yeah, boy, they they keep blowing my mind every day. Yeah. But, sure, yeah. <laughs> but for me, yeah. I think then I I and and at the time, geez, I was I wasn't even like this now or looking like this. I remember coming with my high top that was up to here, blonde. Yeah. And I was like, I'm like, yeah, this is me. This is popping. Um and honestly, I think it was a growing moment mm. because it was a lot of um acclimating to it felt as though I was I was I was having to acclimate to home again and acclimate to yeah, that's uh, what everybody uh, goes uh, through. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Of feeling Especially kind of misplaced in my own country. Yeah, because it's a thing called the first year depression, where yeah. it's like you got it's the reacclimation from first world living to third world living. Yeah, yeah. Because you got accustomed to everything is a touch of a button to 
grinding it out again and yeah. then understand, okay, this is a small way. So, yeah, relationships and networking is important, but it's really important when it's small because yeah. you don't know, you might cross somebody and they connected to someone, all kind of places, and you're getting hit from different angles. Or if you get in with the right person, mm-hmm. everything just becomes open to and even with that, it, I because like you said, like being being in pockets, let's say for our careers or mm. our depression that we're in, at the time media was even smaller than it is now. Like, um, or let's yeah. say in terms of people who were influencers or who were taking social media seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that pocket was really small. Yeah. Um, so it didn't change until like. 19 yeah 1920 if that people start getting like official job titles with social media stuff then um and it was one of those things where (laughs) i you couldn't you couldn't hold or harbor feelings from like high school or cob i'm like listen these are the same people from then to now you don't have to like kiss ass but at the same time you need to recognize that these are the people or some of them are the movers and shakers in this field that you're trying to get into yeah or trying to i guess Pitch, pitch your fork into, into or you, yeah. You just be like me and be a complete renegade. <laughs> yeah, and, and listen, sometimes it, 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 I felt as that I, um, I remember um, Jesus. The 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 I think everyone goes through when they move back home trying to find a job. Yeah, and whew, I remember uh, interning at. Um, and I remember interning as one of their um, the social media reporter. And this was in like in the first few months of their establishment. This would have been. This would um, have been 2018, like mid 2018. Yeah, mid 2018. Okay. Um, we were filming the behind the scenes documentary for the prison. Okay, yeah. I was I was part of that crew there. And mind you, good slow experience. Got a chance to pop into my little videographer bag at the time, to, mm-hmm. um, covering the story. And I remember <laughs> that the, the idea of pay started to come up. Um, the pay, I won't list it now because I won't discourage anybody because they're great and popping now. But at the time, it, let's just say, hypothetically, let's put a figure on it. Let's just say was it was $8. Okay. Let's just say $8. Hour? Huh? $8. No, I'm just using a number. Okay, let's just yeah, say $8. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, person, we want to offer you $8, but we're trying for $8.50. And at the time, $8, baby, wasn't doing a goddamn thing for me. And <laughs> I remember saying, whoo, y'all got that. It's no problem. Um, no love loss, but at the time I had to be selfish for myself and know what I wanted in my career that uh-huh. I, I had, I was coming back home with a family that was depending on me. And when I say family, me and my mom, <laughs> depending on me. And that wasn't going to do anything for me. That wasn't even breaking the mold of what I was making at the radio station in Ormond Beach, Florida. And yeah. that was part time. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, something got to break out. Um, I remember doing like as everyone else did at the time, the, the whole slew of sending out your resume, see what bites back. Um, and I listened to the radio station that I was at, bit, and they were offering um, $10? Let's just say $12 to your eight. Okay. And I said, now we are talking. But at the same time, it blew my mind because this was the same Bahamas that preached to young persons or persons who went off for a tertiary education to say, hey, you know, go to go get your education, whatever, come back and build up your country. Your country can look out for you. You know, I like to <laughs> wave the camera on me right quick. <laughs> Zoom in. Check me right here. I would like to tell people, if you ever read Robert's Green book, 48 Laws of Power, one of the laws is to speak the need for change but not be slow to conform to it. Mm-hmm. So, essentially... They've been gaming with us with that. Yes. So you speaking something, which you is slow move because 
it's good to optically look like you're being progressive, but you know to give the illusion maybe, of progression. Maybe, maybe you can't do it, or you don't want to do it, so you can't like openly say. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. So I gotta just save face and say, yes, we're doing the orange economy and the green economy and all these different things, and it's like, mm, are you? Yeah. Hey, are you? Uh, but for me, it was it. It took me back, and it made me wonder, like. PJ, why'd you come back home? Why was this? And I tried to think about the bigger picture. And then, you know, you you entered your fourth stage of depression. <laughs> and it was one Only of the- Only stage? Listen, it goes up to 10, but I was then on the fourth stage. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I remembered, you know, having to recollect myself. And I said, let me go back to what I know. And I went back to radio. Um, and I said, PJ, what you need to do is take this time to get acclimated into- Back into the country. You're no longer in Daytona Beach, Florida. You're no longer away. Now you need to realize what this is here. I couldn't tell you who an MP was working in news. I couldn't tell you who was in office. And I'm just happy to be alive. You know, good little time. Yeah. And I... No, it's good to know who the MP is, though. That's but, how you get but break off. Now, so, yeah. but Jesus, is this my camera here? Yeah, I Listen. Uh, <laughs> is this my camera up. here? Yeah. Please, camera, I'm yeah. waiting for the new day to shine on me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for the new day to shine on me. Like, I, I didn't know then, but oh, do I know now. <laughs> Jesus. And I don't, I don't regret it. Um, what it did for me working in a radio station, it really had me connected with getting my network up, getting familiar with persons, different organizations out here, um, and just seeing where the Bahamas was. And it got me to realize that there were a lot of persons speaking really progressively now. So conversations that would happen um, in Florida, in the States or elsewhere um, was now happening here. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it was hopeful. It, is it all the way there yet or now? It ain't moving as fast as we need to do. No. So it's more of a snail space than a nice, meh. comfortable walk. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so after giving myself about three years in radio and news radio specifically, um, I went into my corporate world. I, okay. I, I went into my corporate life. I, start, um, I became the marketing coordinator for another organization. Um, Are you still with them now? I'm still with them now. Okay. Um, and it's been cool so far. It's definitely helped me to stretch a hold on my profession. I wanted to get it. I always had this idea of um, giving news for a, a little time, giving radio a little time, um, to now saying, like, what does that look like in the corporate world? And <laughs> I think I've given so much my corporate world that my passion my passion projects have suffered from it. So, like, my podcast, um, The Hot Seat with PJ Fuego, I then thought to, to do that a bit more seasonal. I did that for, I was going to do it more well, for. We're we moving too quick. We're moving, we moving too, too quick? quick? Yeah. Okay. But <laughs> so, I'm back. Before the podcast, didn't you have a blog at one point? Yes, I did. Wow. You know that. That's yeah, that's what I'm saying. It was like, like I said, I, I, this is what I do for how I spend most of my life. Yes. I sit back behind a screen and I just watch everything and ingest it. And now I can pull certain things or whatever. So, Talk a little bit about the blogging, and then was that somewhat inspiration later on the line to start a podcast? Because now that became a new instrument to convey your thoughts. I love that. I love that you brought me back. I'm um, my blogging days. I used to do it on Tumblr. Um, yeah. I used to go by I don't just sing because I originally started out doing little YouTube videos, but I want to talk about it. I have trauma. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the blogging part of it, it was fun. Um, mm-hmm. I was more so covering like pop culture, um, fashion stuff. I used to love like YouTubing um, different runway shows and seeing like collections and seeing what that looked like. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I was really into like urban streetwear, as you yeah, see. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then being able to have that versatility of like rocking a suit and tie. Uh, I think I got that from my dad and being able to like, I always say being- Mix it, like, you know, do someone who could do both. Do both yeah. or even do them all. If you don't yeah. want to just do like streetwear to like professional wear, you mm-hmm. can do very casual too. And I used to call them, call them Fuego Fashions. So mm-hmm. I would post, I would do like different photo shoots with like my friend, my photographer friends. And we'd post them on my, my, um, Tumblr, they'd get a lot of different likes. I used to contribute a lot to this website called blackfashion.tumblr.com mm-hmm. um, where it highlighted a lot of um, black fashionistas, aspiring fashionistas, or people who just felt as though they looked good. Um, and we just like post different stuff up there. You talk about your outfit or even the idea of you talk about different collections. So I started that. That was in, wow. That was in 20, well, I was, would have been about 17, 18. Okay. Feeling that out a little bit. That's when Tumblr really was like really getting to it. I started doing it a bit more once I got away to school or once I got in like the land of the free, they say. Mm-hmm. Um, the land of the milk and honey. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, being, and being a mass comm student, like we yeah. were friends with like for t- people who have these cameras ready to go or people who knew what to do on Photoshop. And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. You you want to build your portfolio? I'm trying to build mine too. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that started out in that in that regard. Um, but it was really good. I loved like even doing like underground music too. Um, big rap rap uh, fan, and not just rap, but like just the eclectic itself. Yeah, boy. I remember. Yeah. I'll never forget when Kanye West, my beautiful doctor, said fantasy came out, yeah. and I think Lost in the World didn't it, a, a track off his um, album. I think it, it it wasn't streamed anywhere else. And I remember like cutting copy on YouTube, posting it on um, my Tumblr. And that got about like, like 7,000 hits. Like, mm. it, it, like in a couple of days, I said, okay. Mm. My first little mini viral moment, I'll take it. <laughs> but it was fun though. Um, the blogging definitely um, was different. I think it got me to get into a little bit more of my writing. I even used to do a little birthday blog post that used to be like when I was 17 or when I was 18 or kind of like the show. I don't even remember the MTV show. Let's say when I was 18, they used to like reminisce on things they did then. Yeah, and they had different ages, like 21 yes. and 25. Like, yes. Yeah. And so I, I just do like a daily blog post with that. And then once I got into like doing my poetry, um, I used that yes. as a platform to really showcase a lot of like either my quick little haikus or short little blurbs or even like where working at the radio station in um, away, mm-hmm. I used to record a lot of my stuff like after hours. So I'd come in extra early to, um, to record a lot of stuff. So did you ever get a, like a chance to, you know, perform your spoken word? Yes. Uh, okay. Yes, actually. I actually um, placed second in the the Daytona Beach Grand Slam, one of their poetry competitions they had on on Beach Street. It was by a guy named No Noir Poetry N O I R Noir Noir. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Anyway, I, I have uh, no idea. Black and French, <laughs> black and French poetry, um, uh-huh. and they used to have a lot of Beach Street uh, poetry slams. And a gentleman by the name of Dr. David Axelrod mm-hmm. um, was the co-founder of a company called Creative Writers, um, Creative Writers in Daytona Beach, and it had a connection in New York. And pretty much, it was a um, a community kind of give back where they help implemented creative writing courses or even extracurricular stuff in different high schools throughout um, Daytona Beach or Belusia County and in New York. And I remember participating as one of my community efforts on campus, a little event, um, partnering with them. We raised money for that. And he actually introduced me to a lot of like 
poetry slams and it would start off small and I would go up there with my like big book trying to read. And I remember being kind of self-conscious about my poetry because I would always, you know, write or make you notes or do your little stuff. But in terms of, I think it's a different feeling of reading your poetry aloud. Mm. And I remember starting to get a little bit more expressive with my poetry, started speaking um, about my relationships, my poetry, not name dropping um, per se, but it was or just spilling the tea. Yeah. And it was, <laughs> and I, I remember it. I performed at this uh, Fresh Festival. It was like Fresh broke into an acronym for like fiction, uh, fiction reading, educational something books or whatever. And it's a group full of like these fraternity guys, these older folks, and like my my two Bahamian friends there. And I'm doing my poem. Uh, I have a poem called "So There's This Boy." And by the time I'm done with it, the folks are in the car, uh, both folks in the streets, uh, in the seats, are like, "Did he really say that?" And I'm like, "Oh, that's how I know it was good." <laughs> <laughs> like, "Oh, got you whispering." Okay, and yeah. I think from that reaction, it it, it, it kind of. Helped me to lean into being a bit bold of my poetry, kind of be, having those moments to where you voice stories for persons who feel um, nervous or who may not have the power to speak up as you. So it's not saying you're speaking, I'm speaking my own stories, but it can be a compilation of different experiences, um, different stories for my friends, stories for myself, um, being able to put the voice for the voiceless, you know, mm-hmm. kind of um, people who may be scared to speak on different topics aloud or who may be dealing with the same thing um, and may not know what to say. So, my poetry was that. Yeah, because I, when I, I think I saw you, were you, I was at any point on a miscellaneous tour? Yes, okay. yes. So, I remember this 2018, and I started realizing, because my friend of mine coming back home is, I'm coming back from Atlanta. Yo. And this is like peak trap music. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. Like, Don't so get me started. 2010, so I'm like... I'm coming back from seeing all that, and I'm like, oh, so we have like this underground thing to where everybody, like where the hipsters be at. Where they go to nice speakeasies and go to this spot and go to that spot. Like, you know, the Schwartz. Yeah. Where, or it's like, you know, um, they they feed into the You have like how, you know, eventually sound waves became and things like Mm -hmm. that. So, like, when I got invited to the miscellaneous store, I think one night it was at Two Biggity Mm -hmm. in like downtown. It was like this small space, and then you seen all these, like, people don't necessarily don't have the typical behavior, look, but then that's fine with me because yeah. that, because I'm artsy for artsy and I'm coming from this space to where I went to art school. So everybody mm-hmm. dress how you feel, like, go express yourself. So just to see other people in that same type of vein, it's like, okay, this my crowd here. Yeah. So like, but how did you feel about like, you know, coming back to a space to where you see in, obviously we grew up hearing about how the art scene was in the 60s and 70s and it mm-hmm. died out, but seeing the resurgence of new characters and new kids coming up blog doing different things and then they having these ultra super cool monikers yeah. and I'm like, okay, I like what y'all doing. I remember even before I went off to school, um, I was I would go to open mics hosted by Renee Caesar. Shout out to Renee. Yeah, um, shout out to Renee. And we'd be at Bahama Joe's, like when uh-huh. Bahama Joe's was Bahama Joe's and doing, I used to sing a lot then. I used to go to Via Cafe, sing with the live band. Actually, um, I was trying to remember Via 
It's name for the longest. I keep on saying the the little bar corner store. Hey, the, like oh, yeah, the, that's right there. Like on the corner. By like, Scotiabank? Yeah. Yeah. Via okay, Cafe, yeah, they yeah. have their live band. I think that was like Thursdays and Fridays. Um, I used to go there and I used to, I used to love to sing um, Rolling in the Deep. <laughs> it was They had the live band there. Um, oh, the Lord, the gentleman's name is Mr. Lightborn, I think it is. Who owned V? No, not owned V. He uh. like I guess he was more he was most of the leader of the band. It was run uh. by the event that used to have a beer in Bahama Joe's was run by Michelle. Okay. Can't remember Michelle's last name for the life of me, but shout out to Michelle. Um nice yeah, lady. A lot of good sports clothes because you know the underground ain't even open no the more. The underground like, isn't even open no more. Yeah, oh my gosh. Yeah. Don't even get me started. I <laughs> I remember um Shout out to Sound Sound Waves too. Um, yeah. Sound Waves is really my first introduction back onto the scene um, as a poet. I remember Tim coming up. Yeah, to yeah, me. because you you perform at the festival. Yes, mm-hmm. I remember, and yeah. I only got into Sound Waves um, because my I have a cousin. Um, P. Dylan, he used to go out and perform a lot there. And yeah. we did like a little set where we'd be home and we had this thing called the cover game where mm-hmm. you play any instrumental, let's say acoustic, whatever. And the objective of the game is to sing a song and you have to repurpose the mood of the song. Um, and we used to play around with that and we came up with a little concoction that was like a bad and bougie mixed with Redbone by Childish Campino. Okay. Uh, you won't get me to sing it now, but shout out to <laughs> it's it's on the Tumblr page if you want to check it out. Oh, you but still have the Tumblr? I do. I changed the name. It's pjfuego.tumblr.com now. Oh wow. Um, but it's up there. Okay. Uh, but that was kind of the introduction, and that was like that was oh, I used to look forward to sound waves, and still do. Yeah. Um, that was I think once a month or once a quarter or so, um, where we started out singing there. I was able to still have that like musical feel that I still love, even the chance to when he when he introduced me. As a poet, a poet slot, I said, okay, I don't mind. Like, I got 15 minutes to bang out. I can do this. <laughs> um, and we started out on that. It was this kind of this community. Shout out to D'Angelo Wimes to how he kind of really reminded me what it was in terms yeah. of his poetry, his poetry sessions he used to have when I would come home for like different breaks. It was definitely something that it wasn't far-fetched in terms of where it started from, but it was appreciated to see how opening it became. It went from just doing poetry at these new age um, sets or underground or... Um, yeah, the, the whole, like, hole in the, on the wall, walls. Like, it, the hipster not, alley type of they thing. They evolved now to, oh, Lord, what's it? Oh, you got Fiona, like, you know... Um, Out West, Studio Cafe? Studio yes. Cafe. Um, I know uh, Tunisia just had a thing like Yes, at yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, and then I think they had their previous miscellaneous poetry tour. That was at, well, the recent one, that was at Pink Octopus. Pink Octopus is out. East? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Palm, Palm Key. Key. Yeah. yeah. Okay. They had it there. And honestly, I, I love it because now it's evolving from poetry to now like rap. And you see a lot of artists using that moment. Live to, instrumentation. Yeah, live instrumentation. Because they have the nights at Bon Vivant too. Yes, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, and... This idea of people not having, I guess, their own take on their their musical preference or musical genre. Um, you have persons who are really in a safe space to step out their box in mm-hmm. these new um, open mics or these new like creative spaces now too. So shout out to them. Yeah, what I loved about what I saw, and I've met a lot of great friends from there, and that sort of inspired me to create platforms to showcase this was the quote-unquote Bahamian creative isn't something that you can put in a, um, one box. Right. It checks a whole plethora of things. So yeah. I, I remember I was at 
as I sound waves last year. And I just was sitting like just stand up because I always have these moments to myself. And I'm like, bro, I literally standing there and I seen foreign sound play rock music. Rock music. Yeah, okay. Like, and, people, and people are going crazy. <laughs> yeah. And I said, I can't like just I've heard them play a bunch of times, been following them for years, but it's like at that moment it's like, that's amazing. Like, you know. No, and I and yeah. I and I love the fact that they can like Foreign sounds, pineapple down, like mm. all, all, like all those like little bands and stuff. They are really making their mark. When yeah. um, people think of these open nights, uh, these open mic spots, they think of them. They like when you hear music, uh, you, they, you instantly can think that oh, Charlie Fox can be there or insert any other band member yeah. name there. Um, and they have that type of pull, so I love that for them, honestly. Yeah, or like you know, um, I remember. I think was it last year or the year before? No, it was the year before. I went to Sherwood's stu- studio and I heard Sherwood his last too. album. Like he played the whole thing for me, and it's just like, now I was crying in that session because I'm like, bro, I only crying because it's like, people, more people should hear this. Like yeah. you know, like I want this. You just put this out and then it just it goes go to nothing, away. Yeah. But I love that you know he's still working the records, playing the records, and when people hear it, it's like you know, because the music too good. Yeah, <laughs> like, like you know, I want. Thousands and millions of people to see this and hear this, and that's why I feel like, yeah, I wasn't around in the fifties and sixties where all of the great Bahamian musical and artistic acts was out, but I feel like we are back in that golden era again. Yeah, but it just it's just for this age. I think where every period of time or even his. Uh, history we go through a certain renaissance hmm. um a rebirth of art a rebirth of style fashion um rebirth of thinking and i think we we've experienced enough creative renaissances hmm. if that's a word <laughs> renaissances um in the bahamas especially in the creative community coming from an era of persons who would have known like the Bahama Joe's days to now like Soundwave days, even to an idea of what miscellaneous tour was then mm. pre-pandemic to what it is post-pandemic too, you know? Um, so it's that idea of how things constantly evolve and how you used to have like mom and dad, like my mom used to love going to, what's that? Oh Lord. Traveler's Rest. Yeah. Traveler's Rest was once upon a time you used to have open mic there too. Traveler's Rest still. They still do? Yeah, they have a live band, but I know Sherwood recently started the So Far Sound series oh, where you okay. do pop up shows around the island. Okay, with different put me on. genres and things like that. So it'd be like a situation where a speakeasy situation where you book the ticket, you wouldn't know where it is, and then they'll send you an email to be like, the day come here. Or like, yeah. yeah, come here. And it's like, you know, I went to the one when they had it at Sapadillo. Okay. Or whatever. And it's like, okay. Yeah, you had to get the link to come in. So I had this mysterious Exclusivity. thing. And then it yeah. was one way he had Gino D actually perform. So infusing that the whole thing. Yeah, so I was like, you know, I didn't get a chance to go to the last couple of shows that they did. But, you know, it's yeah. a really great concept. I know. I, I absolutely love it. And I think at the time for me, when I moved back home, that was such a safe space because all mm-hmm. we would literally just come together and we'd do music or we'd write songs or have this idea of writing poetry. Um, well, my, like my cousin and his friends were like rappers. <laughs> um, yeah, because I think I have, I never met P. Dillion in person, but mm-hmm. I think we messaged each other about you know potentially collabing over the years yeah so you know um and it used to be a nice little bunch of us um we come over 
create the vibe, set it out, mm-hmm. and really just kind of like a little show and tell of what you got now. Uh, what are you working on? How could we help? How can we better this? Um, a nice little safe space and community. But as time goes, you know, people grow up. Um, and I just got corporate as a bitch. I'm not even going to hold you. Okay. <laughs> so... What inspired the podcast? The podcast was inspired. Get this. Mm. Um, I had, I don't know if I should say this, but let me give you exclusive, I guess. I had a kind of moment with a particular radio station, not the one that I was at. Okay. Um, a particular radio station, uh, station managers particularly, who. Bro, I just want to interject. This was created off a series of those moments. Well, yeah. everything I've done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, no, I'm going to show you something. I'm going to learn you right quick. Yeah, no. Like, 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 you, you know. you, like you just tried to tell me, like, cool. Yeah. Oh, you got your big one. But now watch me. Yeah. So um, at that time, mm. it was one of the things where this particular station manager ended up telling um, a colleague of mine mm-hmm. to say, I guess, that Oh, that he wants me banned from the station. That the hold on, hold on, banned from the station. Banned from the station for what? Banned from the station because I can't help the way I act. Um, that he wouldn't want to give the wrong impression that this station caters to my demographic, whatever that may be. No one's saying, or no one's putting a name to these things. Okay, okay. So I said, ooh, okay. I said, what is the demographic? I am young, black. I am within a certain age. <laughs> so um, and obviously at the time, it was kind of that close-minded, um, not even at the time, that was kind of that close-minded type of okay. persona. Uh-huh. And it took me aback, like honestly, honestly made me really tight. it really shook me a little bit and it shook my confidence a little bit mm-hmm. to where I didn't think that the, because on the streets it could be one thing or if you're at a bar or whatever and people say whatever that can be something but in my job I think in my work where it was really like really providing that kind of like that impact in your, in your community in your in your field and I was like wow boy you just you said me wow and I said you know what it's cool um, I remember resigning shortly after, not because of that. But oh, so you worked there. Oh, the place where you worked mm-hmm. was trying to ban you? Trying to ban me. Not where I Wait. worked, but just to give clarity, because I don't oh, give too much names. If you know, you know. Uh, where I originally worked, I had multiple stations in one. Oh, um, okay, okay. So one sector of the station, or one of the brands, because it's an umbrella yes. type of situation. Yes. Okay. If, if you know, you know. Okay, okay. But... Um, Seeing that, so so, one of the one of the, I guess sister stations, sister stations, they didn't want you over on their side. Or yes, and wanted to ban me, and and because of the way I acted. Okay, uh, not even acted, presented. But, uh, no, not even because okay. it's shit. Okay. I wasn't like taking off a wig or something. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but he uh, he ended up mentioning and verbatim said that because I can't help the way I act. Um, okay. And I was like, oh, whatever that would mean. Mm-hmm. And I remember um, saying that I didn't need no one to give me a chance on a station. Uh-huh. Um, I felt as though I was cool for what it was and making mark for what, it, what, for what I was doing and more so trying to help you out and getting shit in my face. And uh-huh. it was like, okay, no worries. And it took that with a grain of salt. And, and I took that to the idea of saying like, you know what? I thought back to when I moved, when I was moving back home, and as I mentioned, like being fearful of the like losing that spark. And I said, "You, you ain't got, you ain't lost it. You got it. Mm-hmm. Time to show them." 
It's For like sure. all the shit you don't you could do yourself. Um, so I remember, I remember I was doing a photo shoot and I remember asking the photographer, like, I'm like, can you just record this? I can edit everything else. I just need you to record it for me. And I remember recording my intro, doing my little preview, creating my graphic, doing my preview flyers. Um, I remember then tapping into a good wealth of like friends and network at that time when it really got to filming. So shout out to DJ Beats. Shout out to... Actually, I went to school with DJ Beats. Yes, <laughs> DJ Beats. Oh my goodness. That is such a talented young man. Oh my good God. Yeah. Um, shout out to Prince Blyden as well to uh, with Needle Bee Productions. And they really, like, they really supported me, dog. They, they got me into my first intro episode in terms of uh, Meet the Host episode. Um, I recorded six episodes, released five. I still have, I'm sitting on one because um, I still feel, you know, a little uneasy about it, but I'm sitting on one. Yeah, you told me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's one of those things where I want to have faith in myself. I want to see what, what, what is it that PJ can do without being affiliated with anybody or without um, affiliate that affiliation of a feature or, or a co-host like trust your magic and it doesn't have to be anything that's where I'm competing with anybody or even the idea of I'm comparing myself to anybody I wanted to really run my own race mm-hmm. um, so I came up with the hot seat with PJ Fuego kind of a behind the scenes look into persons uh, individual lives who are prominent in their fields I had um, the National Empress on to have a conversation I had Jesus I had Sawyer Boy for my opening for my opening episode, Natural Empress, and then I had someone else. Oh my god, I can't remember. I'm so sorry, so sorry. But in between my hot sea conversations, I'd have hot. Uh, I used to have panel discussions. Yeah, um, I think it was on Instagram Live. Yeah. Right? Okay, right. the panel discussions I used to have, and I call them hot talks, mm-hmm. um, where we attack different topics. And at the time, it was dating in the pandemic. It was bad bosses, or millennials in the workplace. Um, it was even the idea of of how would you feel about like moving back home career-wise. I tried to give a little different spice of everything. And at the time, it, it, as you, I'm sure you can relate to being a one-man team at the time because mm-hmm. it's like I didn't want to press beats to have to record all my stuff. And it's like, okay, yeah. let me just get this out of the way. Set me up in the studio time. I could always record and chop it up. Um, it became a lot trying to balance edit time to meet my own deadlines to meet my release dates and kind of different pressures you put on yourself mm-hmm. and it's like jeez I don't want to watch anybody but this person's coming out like weekly and I'm like fuck like okay um, yeah, that person had a team bro yeah well, <laughs> and I realized I said boy when you a one man band you gotta give yourself some grace and I I took a step back and I did and I and I thought about it and I said P like you ain't you ain't racing with nobody and you have to keep reminding yourself of that you're not a competition with anybody not that it's saying that you're better than them but you're not in competition you can support other people like and not compare Mm. you can give your 10 to other people and not feel threatened and it was one of those things like listen take a step back let's think about it and when i thought about it i said let's just do a summer series I, i released it on my birthday actually um june 30th i released my intro episode and did it every wednesday from then um, so moving forward when it comes back out now stay tuned it's going to be a summer series okay I'm going to bring it back for my birthday one more time again bigger and better more of a hoorah so I'm planning now um, there's power in pre-record, uh, pre-recording your stuff everybody so that's a yeah, note most definitely that's, because a, that's a note to my 26 year old self because what you could possibly do because um, some podcasts are seasonal and mm-hmm. they'd be like okay well what you could do is just release a caseload of things every summer yeah, and, and just have discussions around it. 
Listen, you know, right. that was, I think, the easiest thing for me at that time. It was, mm. I, I felt as though I was like trying to throw my hat in the game to run a race. And it was one of those things where I was, I'm, I'm super proud of what, what, what I did with it. Um, super passionate about it and, um, and happy about it because it was one of those things like, boy, Peter, you did that. Like in terms of when I look back on the edits of my graphics and I'm like, oh, okay. Like, boy, you really put your, you really put your foot in that one. Mm -hmm. Um, and not that doesn't stop you with having room to grow, but at the time, like what, Kind of like what that um, the hate turned me to a monster. Shout out to Meek Mill. Um, it it really got me to shook. And I'm like, you know what? Take your five seconds to cry about it. Take your five gangster seconds to do what you need to do. If you need to scream about it or cry or you know be quiet about it, that's no problem. But at the end of the five seconds, you need to know what you're doing. Okay. Um, and I took that moment in my career, honestly, because I have it as a defining moment in my career, to say, hey. You talented dog. You got to remember that. You got to trust your magic. And and I always say to people now, like, trust your magic. You magical. Like, trust your magic. And trust my magic proved to me, like, hey, you can roll something else. Imagine what it looks like with the team. Let me ask you a question. Sure. What's, what's the similarities and differences with doing podcasts and doing radio to you? I think with podcasts, it gives you a bit more liberty and a bit more safe space to speak. Um, I think with radio, you still, in some essence, have to be politically correct, um, especially depending on which station you're on, what topic you're speaking on. Um, but with podcasts, I feel as though kind of like, let's say the radio could be suit and tie podcast. I can like loosen up my tie and we can have like a cocktail now mm-hmm. um, because it gives more of a tabletop, tabletop conversation, like bar crawl type of conversation, kind of like the, the after discussions to a meeting. Mm. Like you, where you can speak unfiltered, you can actually speak a bit more um, in jest. Yeah, like I don't have to. I don't have to say my. Oh, well, I am Preston Ferguson Jr. I don't have to speak like that. I can say, mm. well, as PJ, as PJ, like I, I wasn't f-ing with that. Mm. <laughs> like, oh, I'm not here to disagree with um, your points, and thank you, Carlos, so much for calling on in. But like, I answer that. Like, I, I said this because X, Y, and Z, or. You can speak a bit more passionately or use a little bit of fluff words like I like to do sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think podcasting is a bit more, you can touch on even more top, you can touch on topics that you feel as though aren't being discussed in, on, on the radio as, right now or even give a bit more insight to it that people may be scared to go into different levels or different chapters or even um, surface conversations to them taking taking a deep dive instead. Because what I feel like um, is... I produce a TV show currently. Mm-hmm. If you know, you know. Right. Pop your shit. That's okay. <laughs> if you hear someone, a certain somebody calling my name on live TV, then you know. I can say the name just because. Yeah. I, I'm, right, I'm, I'm on the edge for the new drop, okay? <laughs> but, you know, from doing that show, um, I just seen... Because the guests would come on that show and be like, oh, that was too quick. Or we ain't really getting the time. I'm like, bro, yeah, this is a TV show. This is a 60, well, mainly a 58 really, yeah. second, uh, 58 minute block, really. And without commercials, most of the time, it talk times up to 48 minutes if mm-hmm. you have six minute blocks. Yeah. So, but I, I like that people are now, their minds are now getting geared to how to consume long formatted products and things like yeah. that. Because now everybody like, an hour, that's too short. I need three hours of just straight talk. Yeah, no. And especially yeah. if you're going to start getting into things and going in and going in. 
and then you have me on the edge of my seat for more than an hour. Yeah. So like you know, um, as I always tell that host, Mom, you need your own podcast because you trying to get all these things, and we have a time limit, and but you still have a willing audience that would listen to you for two hours. Yeah. Then it's like you're the switch platform. Cause that don't work in a TV. Yeah, that sure doesn't. Yeah. Sure doesn't. I remember um, premiering at the time the radio station with a podcast platform because it was one of those things where a lot of callers would love to call in, and people wouldn't have a chance to re-listen to it or like there was no other platform for re-airing rather than the station. There wasn't any online like going back and listening back to. And mm-hmm. I'm like, you need a podcast. Like we need a podcast. We need a podcast platform to where we post these things. People can stream. Um, people can get it instantly if they if they missed it that day or that morning or the, during the airtime. You can come back to here you are. You can listen in your car, in your radio, or on your laptop, wherever else. And I remember like feeling as though that people wouldn't do it. But after it got so booming, like, people were calling like, the podcast isn't uploaded yet. It isn't up to date. And I'm like, oh, one sec. I got you. <laughs> Check me in five minutes. It's uploading. Yeah. And I think for at the time... Um, you have an audience that, that a lot of people want to talk, and but they aren't conscious to a lot of like media rules. Like mm. people don't know about the like ERCA demands at yeah, least six, the censorship and yeah, certain things like that. Six minute blocks of ad space. If you have like depending on the length of your show, if it's TV or if it's radio, yeah. uh, well, radio they just let it fly. <laughs> but yeah, I um, I think the difference with podcasting and radio is that radio or with radio. Certain time limits, as you said, ad spots even, I think being politically correct. Yeah. Um, but in podcasting, I think you can amplify your time a bit more. I mean, it doesn't have to be this big budget effort. No. It could be something homie like this. <laughs> you say not a big budget and I'm looking at motherfucking three cameras, two home mics, my ambient lighting, stage lighting here. Yeah, no. Yeah, but it could be literally it, me, yeah, it could be, be like homie. This, or, and, yeah. It could be something else. Yeah. Or you can just be literally you can have go over on StreamYard. One person have one background, the next one person have that background, and then use the stream either that for video and then Stitch together the audio, audio and then call it a day. But people don't know that trick, you know. That's what I did for my podcasting too. Yeah. Um, I used to do the stream yard, but we'd be in different rooms just so it gives a different look. Yeah, that you're zooming in or you're coming in from a different place, and then we'll just tie the audio in. Yeah, or is this all kind of different tricks? Or let's say, for instance, we'll use. Oh, I can even fake the stream yard. I'll just let's say uh, use Google Meet, so where we can see each other, and mm-hmm. then I just point a camera in front of each other face and hey, just look at the directly at the camera and oh, we just yeah. using all that reference and then we just edit it like like it's a streaming yeah. oh, oh you are very crafty I like yeah. that <laughs> so it's like there's all kind of ways to fake or whatever like you know so then you have the whole conversation like a call back and now we have scratch audience scratch yeah I, I think yeah. Um, with podcasting or even being in media now it takes a um, a lot of talent um but it takes a little, it takes a whole lot more finesse. Yeah, I think is. the finessing of how people can curate sets out of nothing or see a corner of the room and be like, Shoo! yeah, and it yeah, looks like a blocking oh, and this yeah. and that, like, you know. Uh, we do a lot at work, and I, listen, at work we <laughs> it's sorcery, bro. They, woo, we are listen. We be making magic, baby. Yeah. Um, especially with our production set. So when we when I'm tired of looking at one thing in so many different campaigns, I'm like, no, we need to make this look different. Yeah. And 
Yeah, I think with a whole lot, a whole lot of finesse, I think you can get a lot of cheats. Where, like, when you were saying earlier, like you want to change this, I'm like, shit, I am cool. This is this is yeah. this is legit for me. Yeah, well, I would say, I always say, I'm like, bro, I tired of seeing these pictures. Okay, we get new posters, and I'm like, I'm gonna take this, put this over here, and then put these. Oh, I'm buying Michael Jordan and shits. Okay, yeah, this yeah. is my camera here. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is my camera here. Okay, so, like, yeah. you know. So it's like, you know, especially with, you know, I have this insatiable creative appetite. It's like, all right, well, I know how I can make this to work. Take this corner and make it look like just put this plant here and yeah. this over here. And then it's like, hit this light with this and then boom, a whole different other set. So, you know, I mean, that's just the magic of filmmaking and just, especially when you are operating on a budget. You're yeah. just trying to make. The most out of the yeah. least. So, you know. I, I remember in Daytona, during that postgraduate season where I'm done with school, waiting for my OPT to clear, mm. a job hasn't called in yet, so all I got is time. And my friends, so we do, like, different creative creative stuff. Um, we do, like, I used to call them, like, fashion music videos. Because mm. it wasn't really, like, you sing or anything, but it was more of, like, this when Instagram had the videos for 15 seconds. Mm. And we'd do, like, different hot songs that were going on then. We'd say, grab your camera, we're going to the park. Grab your camera, we're going by the beach or by the skate park. And we just do, like, different different creative stuff. Um, building his portfolio, but at the same time, like, getting our creative juices off, you know? Mm. Um, and I think people in those moments, they... Lack a little finesse when it's time, like how when people think of like building a demo reel or building different things. I'm like, boy, you and a couple of creative friends could get together and do your thing. You'd yeah, be so, so sure. surprised. Because that's how, well, for at AI, we had to have a portfolio. So mm-hmm. it, it consisted of multiple projects. And when I was up against a deadline, I just was trying to whip up anything to make it into something that makes sense. So I, it was, I think, one commercial we did about recycling and doing this. And then I think around that same time was when I came up with the idea of turning video game characters into real people. Uh, yes. And so that was the genesis of that. And obviously, years later, it full bloomed into what exactly it doing Yes. <laughs> so it's like, you know, um, because it was just... Thinking, okay, how can I think outside the box and do something that's never been done? Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, well, what do I have an affinity for the most? And then you just go from there. Or like, you know, we live, we're behemoths and we celebrate Jungle every year. So it's like they're taking scraps and parts and yeah. things and then joining it together, understanding the different elements of art, whether it be space or light or different color what's complementary to certain things and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. It, it it definitely um, kind of fuels so many different pockets of being creative and it kind mm. of like checks that list off too um, to say like, you know, you're not just in a pocket of doing just videography, but you're creative directing, like mm. you're envisioning. You could see it when no one else can see it. Like when people talk about having that eye mm. and it's really just being able to see the purpose in different spots and seeing the purpose of what you want the vision to look like already. Mm-hmm. Um, so when it comes to like different projects, creative, th- um, creative projects, or uh, even the idea of when me and my friends was, we're, we're pitching different creative ideas. Um, nowadays I only pitch them inside marketing, marketing campaigns, <laughs> but so yeah, let's get into it. Because 
you know, I worked in marketing and advertising for four years. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was pre, before I got into broadcasting. I would say, how, how old are you? I'm 31. Slay. Okay. So I'm like, 31 as well. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, it was when I moved back home, I worked at an advertising agency. Oh, nice. Okay. So, you know, yeah, my concentration is film, but this period of time was in advertising. I've been in broadcasting for the last two. So it's just getting... I feel yeah. everything. To, when I put it in a part, it's like, all right, I can pull from this bike, this bike, this yep. bike. But how has, I guess, radio and being a creator sort of influenced you now being a marketer? It definitely influenced me in terms of, I, I remember in radio, I was always focused on how broadcasters or even journalists, um, even back in like my pre pre TV days, um, how you tell a story mm. and being able to tell tell the story of people, tell your own story. Um, it was one of those things I didn't want to just pocket myself and just being the cool guy on uh, on Free Your Mind or like the other. Uh, oh, so you was on Free Your Mind? I was on, I call was on Free Your Mind. Oh, it makes sense now. That's why you're so popular. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> So it was um, when I'm ready to pop my shit, I go to Free Your Mind. Okay. Um, <laughs> shout out to Nacho Lampers. <laughs> but, um, I remember when I went to take the corporate route, I remember not wanting to, I wanted to prove myself a little bit more, prove that the boys have got the guts, mm-hmm. um, that I can take the my creative juices from these different pockets of my life, my career, from radio, TV, um, even some aspects of my poetry as well too. And you can take that to marketing to help tell a story of different organizations in a creative way, in a compelling way, um, in a way that still reaches the desired desire goals and company wise and all the business logistical stuff and analytics and all that yada 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 but at the same time it touches the human like it, mm. it, it speaks to people dog um i love to make my campaigns about people mm. um because it's easier to relate to, to someone than something um and when i say someone someone that looks like you someone that's going through the same things as you who may share the same story as you in comparison to me trying to sell you this idea of insert highfalutin topic here in business or economics and you don't feature that from a day-to-day basis that doesn't uh come before you in everyday basis so Mm. it'll be different telling that story so hit me yeah so because i think with the advent of social media people with the well for me what i noticed like just coming into marketing 2017 everybody well, from a corporate sense, wanted to have more things that speak to the human experience. Yeah. Because you're not going to sell... Everything got to feel personal. Yeah. And that goes to even your social media content. If it can't... If other people can't relate, it's not going to go viral. It's not going to kick. Like, or whatever. Whether it be good, bad, funny, or sad. If I can't... If other people can't connect to it in mass... What's it, what's it really doing? Yeah, it's not doing anything. So, it, so. And, and and it's in those growing moments too. I wouldn't mm-hmm. say that my um, in college my focus was television and radio broadcastings. Um, and with having about like seven eight years of that experience, um, I've been in marketing for now for about three years now. Mm-hmm. Um, so being able to kind of um, feel my way out to even grow in the field now too, because um, I wouldn't say it's been easy. I walked in like, oh, got this, it's ready to roll. Here are my successful campaigns. I've been amazing and shot down fresh up the sky. <laughs> um, but using that kind of that grit and that same type of um, 
finesse, as I keep um, calling mm-hmm. it, trusting the magic. The finesse. Yes. I, I think that's going to be titled of the episode. The yes, finesse. the finesse. <laughs> um, and being able to say, hey, don't like, I, I have a Psalms that I say every day that I, when I'm feeling down. Can I share that with you? Yeah, go ahead. Is this my camera here? Yeah. Please, please put your hands together and all, I, all heads bow, all eyes close. <laughs> and then whenever you feel the world is weighing on your shoulders a bit too heavy or the day feels a little bit too heavy for you and, you know, you have, in layman's terms, haters um, coming at you left and right. My Jesus, let's pray. Yes. I am a bad so the And if the gets slick, you got to cut the Oh, Jesus. I am a bad <laughs> So that, and if them get slick, you better cut. I will gut up the, dug up. I am still dragging her. So please don't pick up. <laughs> Amen. I, I don't think the father, the father, you think the God has been listening to that? Oh my Jesus. <laughs> he didn't let me down. So I, listen, I, I don't know if he wants to admit to listening, but he, he sure oh. don't deny it. <laughs> When me gets to praying, but no, <laughs> I used we, to, we definitely clipping that. <laughs> yeah, no, listen, please let's pray. That is a oh, that man. is a Psalms ninety one remix that I just love to throw in the mix when I'm feeling you know uh-huh. the spirit of the devil just trying to get me Jesus, <laughs> um, or makes or is getting me to forget uh, who I am and then uh, I remind myself, hmm. you are a bad bitch, so f- them. Is this? Yeah, Emma, you guys hear me. Yeah, <laughs> most definitely. But, <laughs> but it's in those moments, I think, um, with my corporate life now, it's uh-huh. and I keep relating to my corporate life because I now have to call myself Preston Ferguson Jr. I now have to draw my full name. Uh, I remembered one time we had an event for work and I'm on the flyer and my full name is there. I had a friend message me. He says, PJ, you need the P for Preston? And I'm like, uh-huh. it is. He's like, all my life only knew you as PJ Fuego. And I'm like, wow. Uh, yeah, sorry, that's not my passport. But <laughs> Preston. Preston's my real life name. Preston. No, no, I'm saying you say that's not on your passport. No, PJ Fuego is not on my passport. Oh. Sorry to <laughs> ruin the fantasy. Um <laughs> That's okay. I, I go by many names, so yes. <laughs> I, I believe I I, I I go by my mid, I go by my many names and I, they all have different they all exist in different spaces. So yeah, my definitely. PJ Fuego doesn't exist in my corporate life. Mm. And I would rather Preston Ferguson not be in my social life where pre, where PJ Fuego kind of Runs rampant, man. <laughs> so I I can completely understand that. So it's been it's definitely been a journey. Um, it's certainly been a journey. Um, I look back to um, TV days in college, um, open mics at Bahama Joe's to see where we've grown now in poetry. Um, I remember releasing a little poetry mixtape myself too in 2016. Okay. Um, it's, I entitled it like maybe like four or five little po- um, spoken word pieces. And at the time it wasn't mastered. It was just, you know, raw, put out a project and I created different cover arts for each one. And I entitled the project, um, let the boy speak. Um, and it was kind of like that moment of stepping into my own voice, stepping into myself, how I felt on different topics, being able to grow from that to now, Jesus, to going from 
coming back home and trying to get into news and realizing that wasn't for me. Like that mm. was not the flavor for me. Um, you wasn't. Wait, 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 have you ever done with the? Um, you wasn't rocking with that floor. Okay. I mean, if you were, it was it just wasn't it. It just was it didn't land the same way gi- for me. It, I, it I wasn't th- given. It wasn't giving Anderson uh-huh. Cooper, and I was trained. <laughs> I was trained for Anderson Cooper. I wanted to be Van Jones. Uh, I wanted to give uh, Rachel uh, Motto, and it here it gave more. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I can't even describe it, but it gave very um, Hunger Games journalistic style. It wasn't rocking with the flow. No, they want to <laughs> have me out in Parliament Square, and I'm like, how do you... Sir, can we talk on uh, what? The ease of access or the ease of business. I don't know about the ease of freaking business at the time. I'm like, uh, I do my own research too. Like, Jesus. Um, I think recognizing that that I needed growth was good uh, in that moment because I would hate to grow blind. I think whatever I touch is gold. And I'm like, oh, I'm doing a popping job. And I'm on national TV mixing up Brent Simonette's name. Like, you know, sorry. That's crazy. (laughs) But I'm happy to, I've grown now. I now know who Brent Simonette is. Thank you. Um, (laughs) Maybe a day too late, but hey, I know now. And (laughs) being able to have that impact on radio to, um, from like I mentioned from Hurricane Dorian that moment um, that was a eye-opening moment because people then were familiar with me from answering the phone as a producer and I didn't think people would rec- remember shit like that you know mm. um, or I wouldn't think something like that would have such an impact to like oh y'all know it's me okay um, so then even making that shift and kind of taking that gamble on yourself to say I'm comfortable with radio I'm comfortable with TV um I want to see myself grow. I want to expand a bit more within my career to not just being the boy, the personality, uh, just being this guy who makes what one two little or has one two like little fashionable posts. Mm. Um, I want to be more. Uh, I want to feel more, be more, uh, and impact on a grander scale. Um, I keep using the word impact because I I felt as though I wanted to have the same impact I had while in college, and it's kind of mm. like you know the stories of persons who catch a catch a catch a wave in college or catch a wave in this certain area of their some lives. people peak in college yeah. some people peak in high school and they can't yeah. like they, they always can. they always go back to college days and I said yeah. oh my, I, I want to say that I'm a little bit more popping than just my college days college was fun mm. <laughs> I want to say I could, I could do a little bit more in my in my nowadays and I honestly feel so I've been talking myself since then um, like I mentioned I don't want to have this idea of being in competition with anybody being jealous of anybody i want to be able to run my own race i want to be able to do my own thing and pop my own shit honestly um i think with kind of like maneuvering with blinders on in a sense of Mm -hmm. i see my pairs i see my people i see my village um but i don't need to see the distractions that come with them i don't need to see how as humans or even as a cancerian what's your zodiac sign I'm a Libra. Oh, okay, cool. They're they cool. My, mom, my mom's a Libra. Shout out. Mm. Um, <laughs> but as a, <laughs> as a cancer, I'm a little bit more sensitive. Uh, um, and I recognize, and I think it's growth in recognizing how I feel, how I may come across, and being honest with, well, having the safe space to be honest with myself and my friends, those two. I remember I was at a point in my college career that my best friend um, at the time, he 
like we were going off the same stuff and it would it would have been like he would get it and I wouldn't get it. Oh, this would happen. We do the same thing. This would happen for him and this would happen for me. And I remember saying to myself, like, damn, PJ, like I really this my really good Judy. This my shout out Judy. This is my really good friend. And I don't wanna ruin this moment with your own selfish feelings of, oh, it should have been me. Oh, like, oh like we could have been doing this. Like, no, like learn how to support people and know when for your sure, time is. For like sure. I, I, and I had to catch myself and I'm like, bro, I don't want to be envious because this is my really good friend and it really took time to really think to myself to say, hey, it's okay for you to feel like this, like, you know, like that five gangster seconds, like do what you need to do, whatever that looks like. But at the end of that, you know what that looks like for your reality, for yourself, mm. for you, you moving forward, that if your intentions are in the good place or are in a place where they're not malicious, mm. like- you can grow like you won't be have the self uh self sabotage type of spirit to even infiltrate you or or this cell uh, this sense of this hating spirit to even ruin your friendships or ruin connections networks um clap for people for clap for people in their moment because your moment is bound to come and yeah, I want whatever is for you is for you whatever yeah. is for me and I'm like I want me, people bro. to clap for me just as loud too if I'm shouting lose my voice in the back no but that's something that I learned Around the time coming back home was true. Well, even probably a little bit before then. Mm-hmm. Was it's good to learn to be happy for other people. Yeah. Because when you get, when you think, because your life is not about you. No. Your life is about how you impact others. Mm-hmm. So being happy for others and celebrating others, the energy, that positive energy you push out, you're going to get back tenfold. Yeah. So once you like leave with that, you always gonna get it. Bro. And listen, I it, it's it's and it's actively um, or even moving with intention, um, in, intentfully knowing that hey, this isn't you're human. You could feel that, like yeah, yeah, like that could sting a little bit, or you even could say yeah, like you may not feel the best right now, but at the same time, you're feeling um, you'd want to make sure that doesn't. Rain on anybody's parade, dog. Like mm. you, know, you never, want, I never want to be a negative Nancy. I never want to be that guy from the friends or the, the quote unquote friend group that you can't celebrate each you other. You basically a sour push. Yeah, like people scared to bring up good news around you. Like man, no, like boy, tell me. Like I'm, a t- I need some <laughs> good news too. Like hit me. Um, and it's in those. You are a big bottle drinker too. Mm-hmm. Yes, can we? Like cheers, please. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> people laugh at me with my big balls. <laughs> uh-huh. Yes, thank you for the water break. Uh-huh. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's in the moment of always uh-huh. being mindful of being happy for others, and I think that's something I learned in my mid twenties to to know that your time is always coming when you're actively working towards something, even in the idea of if you believe in God, praying for something. Um, it's you can't look at the struggle or the interim as a definition or as a defining moment for yourself. Um, it's one of the things you have to want better, expect better, and do better for yourself too. While also still trying to be happy for people, dog, like because that type of energy doesn't come back around, and when nope. it doesn't come back around in the in the way you think it does, no, it doesn't. So it's just being mindful of that. Mm. So before we wrap up. What is up next for you, you know, on your journey? Oh, hit me. It's my camera here again, right? 
Yeah. <laughs> I thank you so much. Thank uh, you so much for having me on everything cool this day. <laughs> I see your boy PJ Fuego. Um <laughs> next up, I plan to marry very rich. Oh no. And <laughs> with marrying very rich, I will be eloping to Venezuela. Um thank you so much. Como estas muy bien gracias. Hello, why Venezuela? Just because it's nowhere for these people go. Okay. Yes, because these bitches have never been there. So mm. I look forward to doing so with the love of my life, um, whatever that may look like. Thank you. <laughs> but seriously. Because <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you, you counting on Venezuela taking back. It doesn't even be Venezuela. It can also be Santorini, Greece. So either, okay, either okay. or. Um, I'm not picky on where the destination is as long as I need a passport to get there. And it's five plus hours to get there. Thank you. Um, but in all seriousness, though, um, the boys getting back into TV, honestly. Um, I want to get back into my hosting gig. Mm. So this year, I have a lot of stuff planned out. Um, with oh, I see like. you doing the love and R and B for the culture. Shout out to for the culture, Dante. Those um, working along with those with them for their social media campaign leading up to the party. Mm. Um, outside of that, I'm going to be hosting the Elevation Awards, the nominations awards, nomination okay. um, launch. I think it is. Um, and a couple other stuff I'm actually, I'm cooking up. I can't speak on yet, but um, I'm happy to have the opportunity to mix my corporate life, my creative life to now have my passion projects back again. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm launching a lot of uh, different hosting gigs in reference to small businesses and throughout here in the Bahamas and being able to give back in that regard um, where I can give back to the small business community. But at the same time, still tap into what I love to do, man. Like that creative arts, the TV, like I think the office job is cool and it's good for my insurance. Shout out to the insurance. Good for NIB too. Good for NIB and good for my insurance. <laughs> but it's like, listen, like in a perfect world, I'd love to go back to TV. I'd love to do TV full time, storyboarding, pitching ideas, uh, brainstorming different concepts. Like that's what I want to get back into. Um, but in the meantime, between time, since that isn't paying the bills, <laughs> not yet at least, um, I'm having a fine medium of my passion projects and mixing my corporate, my um, creative life and now going back into TV. Um, look out for the Hot Seat with PJ Fuego, season two, the second podcast, um, just to get back into that. Um, there's some other projects I can't speak on, so I'm trying to really, I'm saying um, but I'm trying to think of stuff I can speak on yet. <laughs> just say more. More to come. Just keep up with the come. boy. Uh, make sure you follow the boy. That's P-E-E-J-A-E-F-U-E-G-O. Count to five and look alive, everybody. Sometimes it feels heavier in the past, but I promise you there's a brighter future to you. That was a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks again, PJ, for stopping by. This is something that we've been planning to do for like, when when Gary thing was like four or five months. Yeah, and then yeah. I was we were supposed to film at like insert time here. I came like an hour later, so my apologies, my tardiness. <laughs> I mean, it's a part of the process. I just find like, something to entertain myself. I never want to be that guy. <laughs> Hashtag. <laughs> oh, no, man. thank you so much for having me, and I always want to empower you to as mm. from one a fellow creative. Like you yeah. doing your goddamn thing. Like oh my gosh, like. You are doing your goddamn thing, and I really want to make sure that you you know that you have your kudos, you have your flowers in the now, dog. Thank you. Like Thank no one needs to, no one needs to give you that. You don't need an award for that. You got that. You've been the most consistent um, from even before we even got the chance to know each other yeah. till now. Seeing you now and seeing the amount of work and. Yeah. Seeing your work before I even got a chance to meet you even speaks for itself beyond the type of work that you put out. So shout out to you, dog. Thank you Lord so much. Lord J in the building. Are y'all done? Yeah, we got so much more. Stay tuned. <laughs> All the platforms on the road to 100. I think this episode 98. Oh, can I be 98? I think this is 98. Okay. No, yeah, yeah. I think it was... 
I can be like, hold on, let's check. Let's okay, let's check. check. So I can be lucky number 98 if I need to wear get a jersey with it. Yeah. Hold on. Going on every cool page. Okay. Not there, you know. Yes, this will be episode 98. And we are two away from 100. Who will be 99? Dang. I still got to figure that out. <laughs> I still got to figure out what I can do for 100. Um, Yeah. So closer to the five year well yeah five year, fifth year anniversary uh, everything cool that is so popular five years how yeah. do you do what's your secret right just reinvent um, have and just want to share stories uh, and just knowing when to take breaks come back rejuvenated see things from different perspectives go um. Go out into the world and experience it, but sometimes lock your way and mm-hmm. yourself away and experience that. So I was a combination of things and then just shifting. What's the most difficult part about it? The most difficult part is probably just not getting paid for it all. Like a good example of that is when Pauline Davis was here last week. Yeah. Um, she was like, Y'all get paid for this? I'm just like, we at a point where now I uh, we comfortable in saying okay we done this body of work. Mm-hmm. The product is already proven. <laughs> well, so if you're looking yeah. to sponsor everything cool, we definitely have sponsor slots here. So please feel free to you know check us out if you like some product placement, in kind sponsorship, uh-huh. even financial stuff. We're looking forward to that. So shout out to everything cool. Please hit us up. Um, contact information right here. Can't miss it. Yeah. <laughs> Check us out for, for all your sponsorship needs as well. All of that stuff from Chosen View <laughs> Studios. But yeah, right, that's a part of it. But then the other hard part is just being, I guess, motivated. Yeah. Because I've seen, I always say this, everybody want to make a podcast mm. and don't understand. This the ain't no the go- Oh my this God. And I've seen a lot of podcasts start. Mm-hmm. Start either before me or started when I started or started after me and then no more. So, listen yeah. and listen. I, I I right now I fall into that. <laughs> so I'll, I'll own that. I'll, I'll wear that shade properly. <laughs> no, no, but I ain't no shade. But it's like I seen it. But it's no, like I, if it's a fact. No, but it's like because people don't pace themselves out. It's no way, and I. That's why um, two of the cartoons only records once a month. Because I they was like, oh, let's just record every week. I'm like, nope. No, nope. No, 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 nope. No, 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 no. Let's try at least. We barely be able to try to record once a month. So I'm like, I'm not up in this until this could be consistent. And obviously, you know, payola comes into play to where yeah. I let people are a little bit more incentivized. But it's like, yeah. And then, you know. The audience ain't that big to be consuming that amount of content anyway. Yeah. So that's how a lot of people burn themselves out too, because you're putting out all this stuff. And then when you find catch heat, you burned out because you didn't put a lot of your material has been unheard. Yeah. Or what you could do is just go back, go listen, and then re record. Recording. Oh, uh, so. I always say take a different approach to different topics too. So it's always been you could do like a part two to so reintroduce yeah. your part one and then you're bringing fresh voices on the same topic. Yeah. Or like that's why we stopped talking about well, like relationships. And I'm like, yeah, that gets that, yeah. that gets boring. Not boring, but it can get stagnant. It gets um, tired because it's yeah, like, if it's the I same thing back different. in 2021. I leave that for my free my, my free for my free my mind. Yeah, like, so, it's like okay, how much times we could talk about who was the prize? Like, uh, how much times you talk about should a guy pay for a date? Yeah, yeah, and like, yeah, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, it was twenty twenty four. Yeah, like oh, what, what's what's 
what's the best place to go? Like, we're like, nah, let's go get to the real. Let's tell, share these real stories. Let's reflect on people's lives. Let's share some experiences that inspire others who listen. Do you believe that Valentine's is a woman's holiday? I think it's a holiday to make money from, just like Christmas. But is it for women? Yeah. I mean, all holidays are for women because for the... I'm going back to the commercialism thing. <laughs> I hear phrases. All right. Going back to the commercialism thing, you're not going to go... If you're... Uh, if you want to please a woman, you're going give, to give her gifts. Mm-hmm. And these are holidays, Mother's Day included, mm-hmm. are dates to highlight gift giving. Mm-hmm. So the stores are making bank because they know we already marketed to these people. You need to get a gift on this day. Whether it be Christmas, Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, what are the holidays? Maybe Easter. Maybe Easter. Maybe Good Friday. Yeah, maybe Good Friday. <laughs> but you've already been marketed to and brainwashed to say, hey, these days, something needs to be coming in my hand, regardless. So, the big corporations win. So, in a way, it is for women, but at the end of the line, it's more so for profit from these big corporations. Profit could walk. Yeah. But I look forward to my flowers, uh, chocolates, um, teddy bears, um, bears, plural, Um I don't want the tobacco. Uh, the tobacco. Uh, tobacco kit. I call it the tobacco kit with the black and mild cigars, the Hennessy bottles. Oh, you bottles. talking about? Uh, oh, like. <laughs> don't disrespect me. I would like a bouquet of roses on my desk so my coworkers could know that I have someone at home who love me too. I don't ever get none of that. I have I ever gotten a Valentine's Day? I don't think so. Either. I be bad a lot of times. You got treat. You sound like you got to treat yourself. You can do the trick. Or I mean, I don't really be caring for it because, like, like all these like um, pagan holidays. I'm like uh, Christmas. I don't do nothing. Not but a Valentine being a pagan holiday. Yeah, all, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's why when you ask if it's for women, I'm like, eh, eh. yes, but, but deeper than that is like big corporate or whatever. Like you know, but yeah, I don't celebrate these none of these pagan holidays. Like, <laughs> what are gifts? With a gift, the gift, my presence is a gift. <laughs> now, nah, the coins? It, huh? Where the coins? Where the gifts? They can come, but they don't have to. I, I hate those days so much that I will create a holiday specifically for you, just so I don't have to give you a gift on that particular. Day. Yeah, that's the what? That's that's when their birthday comes in. Oh, actually, that's another. Well, that's <laughs> what? Another. <laughs> now we have to cut. Thank you all so much for having me here. I would hate to go on with such a bad note. I am such a birthday boy. It's crazy. Oh, oh my god. No, but yeah, but you can get a gift. Gift given on your birthday is cool or whatever. You know, um, I've learned how to celebrate my birthday in the last few years. Even though I always tend to being a workaholic, I just prefer to just work on my birthday. What? Yeah. You know, I have three cardinal rules, three cardinal birthday rules. You don't work on your birthday? What? That's in a rule number uno right there. I don't believe in working on my birthday. Uh-huh. I, I don't believe in making unnecessary calls on my birthday. Uh, oh, un- yeah, yeah. Unnecessary yeah. calls being, I would never call you to say, oh, Jay, you know, today's my birthday. No, I never do that. Yeah, no, that's dead. My golden rule out of this trio is 
if I'm dating somebody and uh-huh. I'm the first birthday to come up in this fresh new whatever we're figuring out, uh-huh. and you don't wish me happy birthday, that's dead. And I mean, I think that would be a given, though. Some people, it ain't a given. Some people love to give chances. When you meet somebody, the first thing you ask them is when you're... Like, one of the... One of the first things. Or let's say if this is someone who was excited about their birthday, like, oh, yeah, my birthday coming up. Or it might not be saying it to you, but like, oh, I'm planning, I'm booking. You hear me, my planning, booking. Or even if, let's say you... Let's say you don't even know those stuff. But let's say we're on social media. You're seeing me post my stories. You're seeing whatever have you. And you still don't? It don't have to be during the time I'm thinking of, but let's say you're busy, you're with work, you then get a chance to check your phone, you then see to remember. Then it's even, ah, okay, but not at all. You could delete my number because yeah. I'm, you ain't never finna hear from me. Yeah, I, I literally work, um, I actually, I think my last birthday, I had a gig in the morning, went to work and then had a gig that night. Oh, please. At <laughs> this newfound corporate job, they give birthdays off of, and that was the first time I've ever experienced that because I always put in for a vacation. And when I said, oh, that's like a given? Oh, okay. Let's uh, do it. I think I would go crazy if I had my birthday off. Because then it would be like, oh, I got to sit and try to figure out what I want to do. What do you want to do? I, I don't know. <laughs> hey, what do you so want to do? So I'd be like, okay, let me just go to work. What I tend to do, I'll celebrate the week after. Well, Lena, I'll make money, but. Yeah. I'm, but like, I'll take, I normally take like, because my birthday is in October. So like. That week leading up to Halloween, I'll take off. Oh. So it's like, all right. Or I'll take, like, 2018, I had a couple of days, like, around Miami Carnival. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's popping. Yeah. So it's like, okay, I'll either celebrate or when I was in Atlanta. Most of the times, like, Spell House and Georgia Tech Homecoming would be the week yeah. after. So, oh, okay. Yeah, so it's like, I never, okay. I wouldn't folk to be like... Yeah, it got to be this day when I know all this stuff about to happen next week. So that means so I'm leading like, up from my day to the stuff that's happening. Yeah. So it's like, all right, I don't got to go crazy today oh, or whatever. When I know I got this runway from the 20th to the 31st. I am a birthday boy. All my right. 20s, I remember I used to do like a little boat a little boat sail away with my friends, those. Uh-huh. And I do that. Um, but now in my 30s. I've been doing, I call my U.S. World Tours. Okay. So when I turned 30, I went to, I did Tallahassee, um, Tallahassee, Atlanta, and then went to Chicago. This was like over a two-week period? Yeah. Okay. Like two-week period, just gone, honestly. Um, For my 31st birthday, I did Tallahassee. Well, Florida is always like a common stop for me. Um, Just like check in, stomping grounds, hail them with people. Um, Then I went to D.C., Okay. Um, went to DC. When your birthday? June thirtieth. Okay, so you probably was in DC when I was in DC. Well, no, no, when the wind blurred was. When was what? No, because I was in DC. No, it wasn't the last week in July. I trying to remember. I think I was in DC in July last year. I I was in DC twice last year. We yeah. went for a conference. Corporate world. Jesus, that sounds so corporate. But I went for a conference in May, uh, and then I went back for my birthday. Yeah. Um, for I spent I spent. My birthday in Florida, then I flew out in the DC from like mid July, like just before fourth of July, or just after fourth of July, okay, till yeah. about Independence Day for us. Okay, so that was the beginning of July. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I no, no, no. I uh, actually was in DC because I went to DC I think July seventh and I came back the day after Independence. Oh, okay. Probably. Yeah. So, you know. Oh, what a time. Oh, but this year's big and better. Yeah. I'm trying to go to Tokyo this year. 
Okay. I'm trying to knee how point. Uh, I come up with my own, my Super Saiyan suit and make it like do this again. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah, bad. Bad enough. I'm coming with my, uh, my little One Piece suit, my little Naruto I mean, gear. I wish you could literally just. I uh, I don't know. It's I remember you sending a link to this page um, where he's a fashion designer mm-hmm. and he takes different fandoms and then makes outfits comparative to the characters. That sounds yeah. like me. I don't yeah, want to attack so on Titan Blaze. Uh, so it's like you know the they'd be like, all right, attack on Titan. Okay, we can real world this and then add the different flair to it and stuff like that. No, please put me on. I love yeah, a little yeah. like I I I'm low key really geeky and shit like that. I'd yeah. love to be like an X Men. I have this theory about if we grew up in a world of avatars, um, like the last airbender, mm-hmm. that we'd be based, our elements be based off our zodiac signs. With the four elements? Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I, I dig in that. Yeah. So, okay. So now let's say each year, depending on how the, how it goes, you be born in your zodiac sign as a cancer. Me, canc- Cancerians, Pisces, and I think Scorpios would all be water signs. Mm-hmm. Um, air signs would be Libra and everyone else. Insert there. And you'd be based around your el- your elements okay, so about like that. stuff like. Oh, I have seen this guy on TikTok. Yeah, he but makes them. Well, like, oh, well, like yeah. he styles them. So basically, okay, I take okay Doflamingo. I'm gonna get this this like yeah, this is like mink. a one piece little yeah. homage. This is popping. See, yeah, I definitely do some shit like this. Yeah. Yeah, no, this is me. I, I'm i good for at least one Comic-Con in my life. Yeah. <laughs> like, one good Comic-Con. I see the guys who go with their friends, they just, like, Sailor Moon, just to have a little twist on things. That's so funny. I'd want to do some shit like that, too. Yeah. <laughs> no, but if people really just be trying to get out their, like, most childish desires. I think it's a yeah. different... I, 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 I love the spin it gives on, I guess, fandom. Yeah. And it, 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 it's such a degree of passion that when I see, well, shit, when I see y'all at, uh, geek out, mm. I'm like, oh, y'all, where are y'all getting y'all th- these shits from? A lot of the times we making them. Yes. <laughs> and, and that's what blows me even more where I'm thinking about, yeah. hey, can I order this on Amazon too? Yeah, yeah like, you can order yeah, like but, some things, but, but like some people, people, they make they them. They make them. Yeah. And I'm like, that, I fuck with you for that. I, that's popping. Because sometimes you, let's say for instance, you're a seamstress. Or a tailor or whatever. You might just need something to like rev up that creative engine mm-hmm. and then you're good to go for it. Like simplest. Yeah. A lot of cosplay. So, um, yeah. I personally haven't gotten into myself, but I always can appreciate it though. Like I'd want to go as like Samus Iran somewhere as oh, like a as the full body one. Or are you talking about full the body? Zero? No. Oh, okay. The full body one, not even zero suit. I'd want it to be my little cannon on my arm. <laughs> like ready. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> oh yeah, y'all play Smash Brothers, y'all know. <laughs> yeah, the whole stagger step and things like that. But you know, uh, you basically, what I've learned over time is just basically making life whatever you want it to be, um, expressing yourself however, and you know why I like that particular space is. It's for everybody. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so it's like, there, once you be respectful to people, it's like, bro, ain't nobody watching them. Do what you want to do. And it's crazy that you have to say the disclaimer, because I think yeah. that disclaimer only exists when you present that type of idea in our behemoth culture. Yeah. That it's still taking a little bit of getting used to. I mm-hmm. think people are still, well, certain people um, can't appreciate that it's just more so like, 
homage to your favorite anime dog, like the same Dragon Ball Z that everyone else yeah, is watching. They didn't respect it when they started seeing the money being. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, or they expect when they can recognize the actual character. Or yeah, or mm-hmm. you getting probably like okay, like um, late last year I got posted by PumpBlack.com as oh, top okay. twenty cosplayers of color to look up for in twenty twenty four. So it's like, right. all right, if I, I had. Yeah, let me put this in the newspaper and this and that. And then, oh, Flip, you getting recognized. Set up. I'm like, nah, I ain't going to let y'all know yet. Like, I, nah. can wait, I can wait until it get bigger so then I can have like a boatload of so stuff. So I can have a plethora of things just yeah. to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, um, and then you meet a lot of different people. I got a collab with some other Caribbean cosplayers mm-hmm. at the end of the month. Well, not the end of the month. For Valentine's Day for February. Okay, which, see? There yeah. you go. <laughs> so, um, as I just I took those photos last night on the same backdrop. Mm-hmm. Um, had in there light with yellow, make it look like heaven because we're doing Greek gods. I know, like that's that. right. So, um, yeah, so it's just expression for me <laughs> and it's like a combination of things and how like, I had a conversation where, like, you know, Usher was Miss Ladybug, and then he had to, he did the thing with, um, he made a post where he was dressed up like Gojo from JJK. Yeah. So it's like, okay, it's all like men it's, and each other. Yeah. Like, you have athletes making these references and things like that. So it's like, like they get it, even like down to rappers. Yeah. So it's like, it's like, yeah, like you hair. little things. So it's like, it's almost like American comics at this point. Like, okay. Yeah. Like you referred to Michael Jordan as Superman, but Superman is a fictional character that's been out over a hundred years ago. So, but it, people don't think, okay, um, that's bizarre or whatever. You know, Batman is. So it's yeah. like it's just like, but it's just a, a part of it. Yeah. Saying something obscure. So, you know, we're over with due time. Yeah, no, this was a nice little after show, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so. Thanks again. Thank you I think for that's a wrap because we like an hour and 39 minutes. Oh, we were really thinking about this. We were shooting the breeze. Oh, yes. Okay. Thank y'all for having me. Everything cool. Everything cool still. Oh, man. <laughs>